0: Hello and welcome back to Commish Talks. Today's episode is brought to you by Willow Creek Media. This week we were honored to have on Tom Garrity, the Commissioner of the USHL. Tom was appointed as the ninth President and Commissioner in USHL history in May of 2018. And since 2012, he has served as the CEO and president of the USHL's Sioux Falls Stampede and Sioux Falls Sports, which also encompasses the Sioux Falls Canaries Baseball Club. In addition to his work in Sioux Falls, Garrity is the founder of Quant Sports Marketing and was formerly the senior vice president of sales for the Houston Astros. In addition to this, he worked for the Minnesota Wild from 2003 to 2008, where he held dual duties as the president of the Houston Arrows Hockey Club, which is the AHL affiliate of the Wild, and the Minnesota Swarm, a member of the NLL, National Lacrosse League. In short, Tom was a great guy with a storied background in sports, and he was an absolute treat to have on the show today. We hope you enjoy. Tom, welcome
1: to the show. Appreciate having you on. Um, Fellow commissioner, always appreciate that. we've been going at commission talks here for about a month and a half. And right now we're in the middle of valuation series. So we're going to jump into that. We're going to jump into your role as a commissioner and jump in to your role also as an owner in the American association. Yep. But first, let's talk about your origin yep. story. Tell us how you got where you're at.
2: Uh, it's a beautiful, long story. I won't give you the whole thing. Um, but many moons ago started actually, uh, my first job in sports, pretty much out of college was a sold ticket for the Minnesota North stars. And, uh, the team actually, uh, uh, unfortunately went down to Dallas who are now the Dallas stars, but the good news is the wild uh, showed up here about 20 years ago. So everybody seemed to balance out. So I started selling tickets and then I just kind of worked my way up. You know, I kind of sold tickets and learned more about sponsorship and the business side. And eventually I, you know, I got an opportunity to oversee a team in uh, the arena football league and then Subsequently, I ran a few uh, hockey franchises in the American Hockey League in Houston and, and um, Cincinnati. And and then um, in 2001, well, I worked for Minnesota Wild. And then in 2000 and, oh, God, eight, six, eight, six or seven. I can't even remember the damn dates. But uh, in the early 2000s, I started my own company, um, took a little hiatus and worked for the Houston Astros for two seasons, came back, and then kind of got into buying and. You know, getting involved in some uh, minor league baseball, junior hockey franchises. And then from that point, you know, I just kind of elevated to, um, if you want to call it that, um, kind of ended up with me now being the commissioner of uh, United States Hockey League, which is a junior hockey league. And then um, also being a proud member of um, the ownership team, the Sioux Falls Canaries and, and the league that you're the commissioner of.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's like they draw drew straws and you got short, short straw. You're the commissioner, Tom. Yeah. That's you,
2: pretty much how it worked.
0: Yeah. That's you right. left the room I to I the
2: commissioner. Yeah. And that's, a, that's pretty much how they feel about it too, I think. So yeah, um, yeah they, uh, they, uh, no, I mean, you know, I got it. It's almost been three years now. Um, they were looking for a commissioner and I came in on an interim basis because I had you know started a couple teams and was work, running one in particular in Sioux Falls and, and then, you know, they, they, they kind of said, hey, you know, would you want to do this full time? And they were good enough to let me stay involved with my baseball team, which is important to me. And then also live in Stillwater, Minnesota. Our office is out of Chicago, and but I'm based out of Stillwater. So, you know, it all worked out. It's been, it's been, a, good, it's been a good, interesting run.
1: Uh, Tom, for our listeners out there, they should know you're extremely humble because in your role as the commissioner of the USHL, I think from a sponsorship standpoint, you've definitely taken to another level. And it's something that I know other leagues and especially myself are envious of because selling league sponsorships is not easy. So talk to our listeners a little bit about what that entails and maybe the difficulties of it from a league level.
2: Well, you know, we've, we've had our ups and downs, but you know, what I think the way we look at it is, you know, obviously we have a league, we have a lot of vendors and a lot of people that, you know, want to approach our teams from equipment to services to, you know, um, different um, apparel items, et cetera. And I think we, we took an approach of that anybody that w- we were going to do business, they were going to do business with us. So um, we were fortunate in the fact of getting some pretty good partners on board that you know they see direct benefit from working with our 16 member teams and then we also from a league perspective you know had a good partnership with them financially throughout our league and then you know obviously that helps it helps from the league office it helps with you know some of the you know distributions to some of the teams at the end of the season um but you know my background prior to becoming the commissioner you know i i ran the day-to-day businesses of the things that i'd mentioned and so you know obviously you live and die by revenue and um, so we, you know, I, I had a lot of experience, good and bad, you know, selling sponsorships, um, selling, you know, tickets, and all the different ancillary revenues that go along with it. Um, it's it's difficult in the sense of trying to herd all 16 teams in one direction. But we have good owners, and we've got good, you know, we had good presidents, and they see the value of the things that we've done. And then, you know, it's not only selling it; it's making sure you implement it correctly. You make sure that you know the the partner is getting what you promised them you know, the teams want to make sure they're getting what they, you know, what they were, you know, sold on. And so, you know, it's kind of a, you're kind of a middleman, but you got to do it for both ends. You know, you got to make sure it gets done at the team level, but you also have to make sure collectively you're getting it done in the league level. So I wouldn't say it's exactly the, you know, rocket science, you know, but it, it, it takes a little work and and I always tell everybody the selling part of it's the easiest part. It's making sure it gets implemented correctly. It's the tough part. Yeah,
1: Keeping, keeping your sponsors happy, obviously is very difficult, especially when you're relying on staff that really aren't your own, right? These are your member staffs that you de- definitely don't delve into on a daily basis. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, and again, we, again, you, you know, you, you, you've seen it with, with our teams, you know, we have good teams and in the baseball league and, you know, in our in our league in the United States Hockey League, is no exception. We have some really good staff, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just making sure you know that everything gets you know kind of you know communicated and 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 done. And they're busy, and they have a bunch of things that they need to worry on. And we've been fortunate because a lot of our stuff is more tied to our major events. Um, we still have not we've got another level of diving into you know maybe broadband, um, you know league deals from hotels to you know fast food restaurants to you name it, but um, so far what we've really focused on and had some success is, as I mentioned, our vendors, equipment, apparel, um, different services that we work with. And, and from those, those points, I think everyone's benefited.
1: Yep. Switching gears a little bit, obviously you ha- in your role as a commissioner and as an owner, you think about buying and selling teams, transferring of teams within your league. In our new world that we're in, the corona economy, talk to us a little about how you see teams being valued, how minor league teams should be valued, how the process works in your league. Walk us just through the whole process from a commissioner view and an owner view.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, I think um, it's going to change. I think just because of the situation, um, everything's changing. And I think, I don't think like in the USHL, you know, we have some very good teams and um, we have very good strong owners and we have very good strong markets um you know our product is the top in junior hockey in the united states some would argue um period um but i don't want to go there uh so our product as far as with the players and and the coaches and all that is it's a league that people really want want to get into so sometimes valuations tied into that can be a little bit different than just the flat out looking at the PNL and looking at um, all the different things that go along with that you have to, it's kind of a global a global look a global buy so to speak so we're fortunate to have that again at the league you know we have very strong relationships with the National Hockey League which adds value to our franchises we have a very strong relationship with USA Hockey. two of their their development teams, the U-17 and U-18, playing our league. Again, those add extreme value to our our individual member clubs, you know, and do pretty well. I mean, you know, we have, you know, some teams that that work on it very diligently, and then we have other franchises that, you know, do very, very well. It's a unique operation model because of the fact that, um, you know, it's not – You know to Ryan, i want to get into specifics out of respect to the owners but it's a very strong economic economic model based on expense you know Mm -hmm. the kids that we have playing they're amateurs their next step is they're going to go into college so you know they go from playing in our league their next step would be to go um, play, hopefully, Division One college hockey and then play pro. Um, you know, we build with the kids, the kids come into these smaller communities. And again, we, not all of them are smaller, we have Chicago, we have some other large markets, but for the most part, you know, they come in and, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very good model. And then the teams really just have to focus on selling on tickets and selling sponsorships, having the bleachers, you know, is really, really important. Um, it's very communal. All those things play into the valuation. So even though I would be lying if I thought, hey, you know, if people started looking at our teams going into next, you know, season, which we'll start hopefully in the in the fall if we can, um, you know, and by all means, if someone was looking at something to take over or buy and do or invest into, they'd have to be concerned about what, what what's going to happen in the next year. But I do think, and I've got to be careful knock on wood. I do think we're a product that that will be able to get through this tougher time and then hopefully come out on the end even better. So
1: Tom, what I'm hearing is it's not just PL, but there's some sort of narrative that goes along with it too, that, hey, we're connecting the NHL. Hey, I'm not a good owner. So I'm the seller. I can say, listen, I've missed on these 10 things. If you come in as the buyer, there's some lift there. Do you see that often or is it just simply people relying on the PL and doing a very bad job of telling the narrative?
2: No, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the folks are getting involved in our league. We've been really lucky. We have got really strong owners, but you know, we, you know, there's definitely a communal part. So we have owners that are from the communities. They, they, you know, they've either, you know, been a part of it from day one or they you know, were a fan first and then they just saw how good it was. And then um, I think again, um, it's more, yeah, it's, you know, um, you know, it's, it's more about, you um, the, the, the different moving pieces yeah I mean of course people will come in and look at our franchises and say hey you know you're doing that to revenue and you know and why in expense but you know we do have a great story um, when you looked at last year's NHL draft we had 55 kids from our league get drafted 98% of our athletes go division one in college hockey the who's who of you know the national development team You know, Jack Hughes last year who went number one to the Devils plays in our league you know, you walk around to these campuses and you go to the games and there's just a really strong feeling of this is more than just a and l mm-hmm. And again, you know, we want to run good businesses and they do focus on selling tickets and sponsorships and all those things, motion bits and all the great things. But it really is a, it's a communal thing. It's a really strong communal thing. And I think that really adds to the stability of it. And, you know, um, like I said, I mean, you know, going into this next fall and winter, um, you know, we're going to have our own challenges, but I think we're built last. And I think that's what we're definitely leaning toward.
1: Nice. So back to the commissioner role, what advice do you have from anybody out there? Cause a lot of our listeners are college students and people entering the industry. What advice do you have for them? If they want to be a commissioner,
2: uh, study harder. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> go, go, go focus on math and science. You know, yeah. I mean, you'd be crazy to want to be a commissioner. Sorry, that was a joke. Maybe no, no, I was good. waiting for the yeah. joke
1: on that one. Yeah, it yeah. I'm, not- like,
2: I'm like, yeah. Why would you want to be a commissioner in any league? I don't understand that at all. Yeah, uh, if I was telling someone, just from you know sincerity, um, it's a great job. I mean, again, it's a, it's, it's a job that you know you're going to have to be able to multitask. You're going to have to be able to put out fires. You're going to be happen to, you know, to be on the basis. You're going to have to be an arbitrator who is our mediator. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to know really a lot about everything and not necessarily an effort at any of it. So like, I've been really lucky is, you know, I, I didn't come up from the hockey side of it. So I've been fortunate to have a great, you know, group of folks that really champion that. We've got great GMs that will, you know, uh, give their experience. So, You know, for anyone who really wants to get into that role, you know, I'd say go work for a league. You know, start at the the bottom and really get your feet in the door and, you know, learn from, you know, every different aspect. And as you've seen with the two leagues that you're involved in, I mean, every day is different, right? And, you know, obviously this pandemic right now has really added a lot to it. But, I mean, there might be days that we're talking about the rules and regulations, and those days we're talking about sponsorships, and those days we're talking about best practices for teams, we're talking about, you know, roster sizes, we're talking about, you know, leases, you know, we're talking about new owners, new expansion, insurance, all these types are different, yeah, Tech, insurance, television, exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah, all of the above. And I think so that, you know, from a, from a never getting bored standpoint, it's a great job. Um, but you also have to deal with, you, you have to be able to multitask and really deal with a lot of different things at once. And that's mm-hmm. a unique, that's a unique, I mean, again, I still haven't mastered it, but as you know, it's a unique skill set to be able to, you know, go, go, go. And, you know, you, you've seen it firsthand, you know, your weekends go, go away and you're kind of always on call, even when you're in the mm-hmm. off season. And, um, but it's rewarding. I mean, it's great to be able to, you know, to be a part of something and, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything.
1: I always say like, there's one moment as a commissioner that is like all elation and that's handing the trophy at the end of the season. That's like one of the coolest yeah. feelings is that you get on the microphone, announce the champion of your season. And then it all starts over again the day after and you, you know, you start anew. So it is, it is a cool job. It's, it's got its difficulties, but yeah, I think having all the tools in your tool belt is required for this position and you need to be a really consonant um, politician as well, because this isn't about, I think the people misconstrue that commissioners just lay down the law and tell the owners how it is. It's not that way. It's we guide the league, but ultimately you have to build mm-hmm. consensus to move a league forward. And that's really the difficult part and really the beauty and the art of being a good commissioner.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, again, i let other people decide if I am one, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Uh, but I mean, I, I, like you said, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually, um, I work for the owners. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm there to provide resource recommendations, but ultimately it's their league. And, you know, we, you know, we like you said, we, you know, we're constantly, you know, it is somewhat of a, I don't want to use the word political, but you are building consensus. You are trying to work with what, you know, what, you know, you feel and your staff feels is perhaps the best direction in the league, and then be able to prove that to the, to the owners and navigate them through a lot of difficult times you know and and you know and there's a lot of good good strong personalities that have opinions on stuff but um you know you know the thing that i always laugh about is you know there's two consistent everybody usually gets upset about the schedule and officiating so there's always two things no matter what um you know during the off season i'll hear about scheduling officiating and and then from there it's different different pockets of uh, concerns and different items but yeah i mean it's that's one of the things I actually like about it. You know, I really enjoy a uh, different personality and I really enjoy, you know, kind of getting things done and, and working with people to get things done. And, and um yeah, I mean, that's really one of the parts of the job I really like.
1: No, I think that's a great explanation about schedule and officiating. That's for sure. Both leagues I commission. That's, that is a constant in the biggest battles that we have, but it all, you know, both of them are owners, I think, in each league, and I think you can say this too, they're passionate about the sport. And so they sometimes step away from the business side and stop worrying about how long the concessions lines are and worry more about what's happening on the field, because that's originally probably why they got involved, anyways. I don't think you look right. at a sports business model and go, this is the business I want to invest in. This is a passion play for them first, but hoping sure. to make some money on this at the end of the day. So,
2: um, yeah. You know, and we try to, we actually, the dead on, and again, what we really try to do too, and I, I, I've i been pleasantly surprised since I've become commissioner, um, we do have a league that, you know, pretty much everybody is in it to, to do well on the business side. Um, but there is, our core is about the player. We're a development league. Mm-hmm. So we never lose sight of why we're there. And so I think that, you know, it's been a kind of a, even though when we have discrepancies or arguments or debates, you know, we always try to come back to okay, what what are we as the league? What are we really trying to get done here? And you know, why are we doing this? And, and the good news is, that's usually when everyone kind of goes, okay, I got it. Yep, I don't agree with you, but I got it. And you know, and and you move forward and you have decisions and there's no bad bad feelings or um, bad blood.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Good advice. So I've been throwing this question out to guests on the show. If you could go buy a team in any league, and let's let's take our leagues that we're a part of off the table. So it has to be any other leagues. So you're mm-hmm. not biased. What league are you buying a team in right now?
2: Mm, wow. That's a really good question. Um, wow. That's a really good question. Um, well right now it'd be tough, right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but take that, was, in, it, take that into account. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, I think, um, oh, God, that's a a really good question. I really am taking everything into account. Everyone has the same issues moving forward. I mean, there's really nobody that's kind of uh, uh, insulated from anything like that. But, you know, again, you know, I love hockey. Um, You know, I love the American Hockey League. If I had to lean toward not doing something in my league, because I would do something in my league if if that was an option, um, just because of what I know. Um, I love the American Hockey League. You know, it's the okay. triple triple A of the NHL. I spent ten years in two different franchises. I just think that they know exactly what they're about. You know, it's a great brand of hockey. You know, they're in some great markets. Um, you know, you see some unbelievable players. You know, the stories and the things that even the ten years I was involved in are some of my favorite times in my life. You see the up and coming coaches. You see the up and coming players. Um, you know, it has to be the right the right market but I, I'm a huge fan of the American Hockey League.
1: Okay, well, talk about markets. What makes a good market?
2: Well, again, I, I, you know, it's funny. We always talk about, you know, when you look at our, you know, uh, you know the market, I think again, um, in our league, and I even think in our baseball that we've done, I think it, it has to, you, you know, uh, what makes a good market is obviously a decent sized population, a good venue, right? And good lease, um, a, a good relationship with the city. I think that's important that they're invested in what you're doing and trying to do. I think there has to be a good, strong corporate base. It doesn't necessarily have to be Google's of the world, but you got to have a good, strong corporate base. I think whatever sport you're in, it it's nice to know that there's a good, strong um, you know, youth uh, kind of proponent to that. Obviously, baseball is kind of everywhere, but in hockey, it's nice to see communities that have a good, strong youth hockey program. And you can tap into and kind of hit the ground running, um, and then you know again I just I think it's it's a it's a matter of um, you know where you line up logistically in, in your league. You know we've you know we have some people where they've gotten in our league and then they realize you know right, wrong, or indifferent that hey where they're located it's tough on travel and it's tough on this and it's tough on that. So when you really look at markets, I think all those things I just mentioned are all things you have to really take a look at. But ultimately I always say the same thing. You got to have a good lease. Cause if you get into a market and you have a bad lease, you're already dead. You yep. just can't, you're not going to, no matter what you're already dead. So, you know, all the teams that have, I've had success with all the teams that I've seen have success. They have a good strong lease and they have a great relationship with the city.
1: Well said. Last question. This is um, sure. sent, sent in by a listener why are there no USHL teams in Minnesota and what would it take to get a team in Minnesota?
2: Great question. Um, um, (laughs) I think Minnesota had a team or they've had teams. I know Rochester, they had the Vulcans here for a long time. Um, You know, from an outsider looking in before I got in the USHL, I would, you could argue that there's so much hockey here, right? you've got a strong youth presence, you've got, it's a different model related to different states. So Minnesota has a great model of, you know, youth hockey, squirts, you know, you know, peewees, bantams, high school, right, it's a ladder all the way up, or other states have that. So you have more hockey, small things of that nature. So I think the youth hockey associations here play a little bit in that, what I'm talking about is fan interest, I think, I think a couple, you know, ten years ago, I don't think there was that much interest in our league. But now, because where our league's gone with the next elevation of player, I think a team in Minnesota would make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And we have been approached about teams in different parts of the metro and different parts of the state. Again, we have criteria, certain size of venue, and all these types of different things. But I would love to try to put a team in Minnesota. I think it would do better now. I still think it would be tough. I think you'd have to have the right lease. You'd have to have the right owner, you'd have ownership group. You'd have to have the right, um, you know, marathon view. And that's the thing, you know, I always tell owners, you have to, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point earlier, if you're looking to make a bunch of money real quick, this isn't the business you want to be in. Um, but I think now because in the past, I, I would say it, it, it didn't do well because it was in a tough venue. Um, you know, there was the wild, you had the University of Minnesota, you got great college hockey, Duluth, of so, you know,
0: for that yeah, matter,
2: Mankato yeah. State, St. Cloud State. He's got a lot of great college hockey, you got a lot of, like unbelievable high school hockey, right? 20,000 people in the state tournament, mm-hmm. and then you have youth hockey. And that pulls people away from going and, to a junior. And then you have game. the beauty league
1: on top of all that. Yeah, exactly. The cherry on, yeah, the, who wouldn't, <laughs> cherry on top.
2: Who, who wouldn't want to go to that every night? I tell you what, no, you've got, you got a phenomenal job there. But I do think now, if it was in the right part of the state, if it was in a suburb, nice venue, 35, I mean, 3,500 seats or more um, with the fact that now a lot of these high school kids are going into our league. We've been a lot of Minnesota players that are coming in and they're starting to look at, I live in Stillwater and kids are very aware of what our league is. They want to play in our league. I definitely think that junior hockey at the USHL, I'd love to see it back in Minnesota. Got it. Great, great
1: answer, Tom. We're going to wrap up with that and appreciate the time. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, brother. Good talking to you. you.
0: Thanks. And thank you for listening to today's episode of Commish Talks. If you enjoyed it, be sure to follow or favor our podcast so you can get updates when we release new episodes. Take care and have a great week.